When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Upfront. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. Well, what a weird weekend. Uh, Chelsea versus Liverpool was abandoned six minutes after kickoff in bizarre scenes. But Manchester United were ice cold in their own way. They've also signed two exciting players. But watch out for Spurs because Manners made the switch across North London. And we look at Everton and Aston Villa who are proving why they're the best of the rest. Now, before we get started, we've got a special episode coming out on Thursday. Deloitte released its first ever women's football money league table last week. Stay with me. And there were some hugely significant findings. So who better to call up about it than Maggie Murphy? She's the CEO of Lewis FC, who became the world's first club to pay its men's and women's teams equally. We had a really fascinating conversation about the financial future of women's football and what it's really like to run a women's football team. That's out first thing on Thursday, right here on the Upfront Feed. Right, I mean, Rach, we've got to get stuck into the drama of this weekend. Uh, Chelsea v Liverpool abandoned after six minutes of play on Sunday. Rach, I mean, what a bloody mess. I am like still so annoyed that this even happened. Um, so for the listeners' benefit, we had a pitch inspection at 9.30 on Sunday morning at Chelsea. Chelsea were playing Liverpool. So the fans had left at 5am for this match um, on a bus on the way down. And this pitch inspection happened at 9.30. And the referee deemed the pitch unplayable. But they decided that they would do a further test pitch inspection later on, closer to kickoff. Um, and they would then make a, a final decision, if you like. But Chelsea tweeted at, I think it was quarter past 10, that the game was on. Um, so, you know, tents were put up, blowers were brought out, um, and there is an attempt to, to reduce the ice on the pitch. Um, from what I've heard, the tents didn't come off before 45 minutes, before kickoff. So not potentially as much time for players to warm up as they'd normally have. 
Um, and also the players had to warm up in slightly different parts of the pitch than they normally would because it hadn't fully thawed out. You know, it was reported goalkeepers weren't, you know, diving for balls because the pitch was so hard. Um, the game went ahead at 12.30. There had been conversation around it going ahead at two instead, but that was, you know, waved off. Game kicked off at 12.30 on BBC and six minutes in, the referee called a halt to the game and said the pitch was unplayable. How that even happened? Why the first pitch? Ins- why did the first pitch inspection even take place? If you're just going to ignore the result of it, if you're going to say it's playable or it's unplayable, but that doesn't matter because the second pitch inspection will be what we go by. What the hell is the point of the first pitch inspection? Like Spurs versus Leicester was called off the night before, and Spurs were kicking off at two in London. Like, I just how does that even happen? How do players get put in that position where not only they have to warm up on a pitch like that but they're expected to play on it like I just cannot wrap my head around how this happened Uh, I'm loving the anger I'm so annoyed about it you're channeling the anger from a lot of people this weekend I mean some people believe there was pressure from the BBC to try and maintain its broadcast slot Uh, I know from sort of a player perspective I mean the games of they tried to get the games on because of the wasted cost involved I mean you know, I think there's an average cost of about anywhere between three to six thousand pounds for a team to be playing an away fixture that they then have to then replicate for the next fixture um, that obviously has to be put in place again. So maybe something around that. Um, not explain good to me it's why. Not good enough. Explain to me why Spurs was called off the night before. Then mm-hmm. it's in the same city. London doesn't have like a completely different climate in the east to the west. Yes, there can be some disparity in temperatures, but look at the forecast. It wasn't going to get above zero degrees, two degrees. To think that the pitch was going to change between 9.30 and 12.30 without some major, major intervention was just silly. Like, the only thing I can really think of is the fact that it was going to be on TV. And I don't understand why so much effort was put in to get this game on, Mm -hmm. but no other game Mm -hmm. that got called off in the end. You know, Brighton Arsenal got called off, I think, just over two hours before, just not maybe just under three hours before kickoff. Um, And for me... It's irrelevant whether it's on TV. I'm sorry, it's irrelevant what it costs. Mm -hmm. The players' safety should be at the forefront of every decision. And the fact that players were expected to go... We've been talking about player safety Mm -hmm. all season, you know. 100%. I think, you know, we've always just had an episode come out about ACLs, MCLs, you know, concussionism as a a massive thing that's getting a lot of attention now. And you've literally got... I mean, you put out a fantastic tweet... Uh, the weekend on the girls on the ball of account, uh, girls on the ball account, and say you know there was players literally sliding off the pitch. I think Erin Cuthbert took a really nasty fall, yeah. and that seemed to like seal its fate. But when you're thinking about the what could have happened in those five or six minutes and the implications of that in terms of there being a very serious injury, um, why take the risk? Why take the risk? If you have to make changes to a warm up because of the pitch is not in good enough condition. Mm-hmm. What do you expect to happen by kickoff? As a goalkeeper, I would not be diving on that. You'd break a rib. Like this thing of, oh, the players will go on it and maybe that will make an imp- They're not mm-hmm. rolling around on it. They're running on it. They're not gonna they're not wearing heated boots. Like it's massively. not gonna massively change the 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 way the pitch is or how frosty and like you may be able to stick your studs mm-hmm. just about into the top of it, but right underneath it's solid. But I think, I mean, it's this is, I mean, even though I think this game has highlighted the issues that you have with pitches, and I know Emma Hayes obviously calling for the undersole heating, we'll talk about that in a little while, but things like episodes like this happen every single week. I mean, we've already seen heavy rainfall that have abandoned pitches. I mean, we ourselves with Palace, I think last season we played Durham 
We went up there. We went up there, away trip, stayed overnight on the Saturday. They were said, no, it's absolutely fine. Pitch is absolutely fine. Got up there Sunday morning, absolutely fine. And we waited up there for about an hour and a half, was it? And then they told us that the pitch was frozen. I mean, in that circumstance, yeah, fine, because they had to make the call and the players didn't go on and you know weren't putting themselves at risk. But this kind of thing happens every single week. I mean, we're looking at fixtures now, you know, really shifting back. We've had waterlogged pitches. We've had pitches with snow. We've now had pitches with ice. Obviously, we had the Queen's Pass at the start of the season. The fixtures are now really jamming up towards the end of the season. And it's a year that we also have, obviously, the Women's World Cup coming on. We don't want to be backing up fixtures into the late end of of summer. So I think that's also an issue. I I can understand if it's really extreme circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have an insane amount of rain that chucks it, chucks it down. We saw, I think it was Spain that were playing mm-hmm. and halfway through the game, like there was just this torrential downpour on an already wet pitch, right? Mm-hmm. You can appreciate that stuff like that happens. Climate change is creating more and more situations like that. But zero degrees or minus two degrees is not some extreme situation. It happens every winter. We're in England. And if you're calling this in a, a professional league, which it is, we should be playing on pitches that can sustain that level of weather because it really isn't extreme weather it's expected weather so I think that's where the frustration lies it shouldn't take situations like this from happening to force the hand of clubs or to force the hand of the FA and that's my biggest frustration let's be proactive I think it's 100% that. I mean, we've now got a situation where it looks embarrassing for the league. It looks embarrassing for the clubs. You've got, you know, apologies from players. I mean, Cuthbert took to Twitter, uh, said it shouldn't have been happening uh, and we demand more from the game. Miedemar, obviously her game was called off. Player safety should come first. We need undersole heating. The FA should do better. Uh, Beardy came out and said no game at the top level of women's football uh, should be cancelled we also need under under soil heating it's not Barbados that's a very apt point uh, Janine Becky said it was unacceptable players deserve to be playing in suitable grounds we're far past this um, both managers said at 9.30 that they didn't think the, the pitch was playable I know it's not their decision but Liverpool also sent an email to the FA to say that they wanted it known that mm-hmm. they did not think the match should be played on this pitch yeah you know and this I think it was Molly Hudson who tweeted perhaps it was put on because it was on TV and the FA didn't want it to look bad, but now they've actually it's actually looked so much worse that mm. you've decided to carry on with it. So bad that lots of Wubamoy uh, actually put some money behind the bar for the poor Arsenal fans who had attended and said, um, you know, help yourselves to a pint. Really, really sorry about what's going on here. Well, at least they were prepped because they were told <laughs> well in advance that they're well in advance. Fair. I mean, the fact two and a half hours isn't well in advance, but it's more in advance than six minutes in, isn't it? Fair. So at least there was, you know, fans could be in a bar ready mm-hmm. rather than sat watching six minutes of football and then watching it get cancelled. Do you think maybe, I mean, Hayes has criticised the absence of the uh, there being any FA representative at the game. Do you think that sort of maybe had an impact on on how things panned out? I don't know. Like, I still think the desire to get it on because it was on TV was paramount. That That's the only reason I can fathom why the game went ahead. So having an FA representative there, I mean, maybe there should be one at every match, but I don't think that would have necessarily changed the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone's trying to maybe bat around responsibility. I don't think anyone really wants to take responsibility. Um, but I'm not sure that would have massively changed things. I mean, we didn't get an FA statement until something like four o'clock that, mm-hmm. that day. It was obviously thawing out like the pitch. Um, but I just thought it was insane that like there was no word from the FA about it. We like The game had already been called off. We'd, we would, a number of other games going ahead and basically finishing by the time we got a statement. And the statement told us nothing, really. So all round handled very, very poorly. But the takeaway point from this is that uh, Emma Hayes has promised free hot dogs at the rearranged fixer. So um, 
That's something to look forward to. I mean, I poor Liverpool will have to come down again on Sunday for the FA Cup, so maybe she can fulfil that promise then. I'd travel seven hours for, for a hot dog paid for by Emma Hayes. But Let's anyway. hope the pitch is thawed by then. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Uh, one of the only games to go ahead and a team who did benefit from the frost, uh, Man United taking all three points from a tough battle with Reading. Uh, the points see them edging to the front of the pack and taking top spot in the WSL table. They're now on the same points as Chelsea and three points clear of Arsenal who do have a game in hand. I mean, this is a great game. It was very kind of um, get on the pitch, do a job, put the ball in the back of the net. Let's stop messing around, get it done. Good from them, but it would look very shaky. Looked very shaky at moments. Oh, it was a sucker punch for Reading. They worked so hard. They were definitely on the back foot, rolled it out a little in the first kind of 10, 15 minutes. Um, as as expected, Man United came out of the blocks. But once Reading found their feet, they, you know, put in their own chances. Emma Harris was excellent. Um I, I thought like she she had a number of chances in the first half. Um, you know, it was not for want of trying. They did create chances and they forced Mary Earps into a couple of, of really good saves. Mm. Um, so it was an absolute sucker punch for them to lose the game in that fashion because, you know, the table doesn't tell you how much effort was put in or how close a game was. Three points are three points and they've they've dropped points. They That is a game where they've dropped points. They they should have gotten a point out of that game. So I felt for them in that respect. Um, yeah, but Manchester United... They need to know how to win games like this. Mark Skinner spoke afterwards about how pleased he was that his team figured out how to win a game like this. Mm-hmm. They're going to come up against teams that that trouble them or games where they just can't maybe find their rhythm and they need to know how to win those games. And that's another experience banked for them now. Mm-hmm. They know that they can do that. They maybe won't be as stressed the next time they're 84 minutes in and don't have a goal. Um, I did think they were trying to do too much in front of goal. 
it felt like they were stressed about they made it more complicated than it needs yeah, to be yeah a lot of passing around and like passing it around in front of goal no one was just putting it on target mm-hmm. um, and that is exactly what Rachel Williams did no messing about rode a couple of challenges poor challenges from the Reading defence they were probably tired but she put it on bloody target and scored the goal and my God, they were absolutely delighted. They lost their minds. Oh my I mean, God. Man United Social have been popping off. It's just smiles, screams, hugging. It looked like they'd won the league. It was, um, but I think to be honest, that could be a game that wins the league because dropping those points could have been the difference. You could look back at that and say that final four minutes is kind of potentially what gets Man United either Champions League or a league win potentially because now they're sitting top and we've talked about teams and pressure you know the pressure is now more spread out the pressure mm-hmm. in the past have been really on Arsenal trying to catch Chelsea now Chelsea who are normally good when they're in front a little bit more pressure on them now because they've got Man United mm-hmm. on the same points more pressure on Arsenal now because they're not just chasing Chelsea but they're chasing Chelsea and Man United so yeah. now they need more than one team to mess up and it means none of those teams can lose mm-hmm. and I think um, I just want to end a, a little bit so we won't touch on the match too much because we've got two incredibly new signings that we've got to uh, to touch on but uh, shout out also to, to Mary Earps uh, first WSL goalkeeper to score 50 clean sheets unreal from her and again some incredible saves to, to keep them in the game uh, but very got- very humble post-match as well Mary I asked her Always. about that oh typical very humble but as she said you know she's hoping she's got another few more years in her so to achieve that now Gold. How many more clean sheets is she going to get? And as she has rightly pointed out, it's not easy to keep a clean sheet in this league. It's bloody not. You know, they're playing Reading, who are 11th in the table, have not scored many goals. And she had to be bloody sharp. On her form. Yeah. She pulled off an absolutely top save in like the 80th minute. Um, so yeah it's not easy to keep clean sheets so absolute kudos to her I know that from experience Mayor so um, yeah credit to you mate credit to you um, but some other big news for Man United uh, two incredible new sign-ins we've got French international Estelle Cascarino uh, defensive and also central midfield joins on loan from PSG with an option to buy she's won two Division 1 titles and two French Cups Um She's only made four starts with PSG, so I think she's probably keen to get some game time and earn her shirt. She missed out on the French squad at last year's Euros. And I feel for me that she's come over to get some more game time, uh, maybe with her ambitions to get back into the international setup in time for the Women's World Cup. I mean, Rach, have you seen her play? See what she's about? Um, I may have when I saw PSG a couple of times. Um, It is worth pointing out that her twin sister is Delphine Cascarino, who plays for Lyon and a very, very exciting young prospect for France. Um, Have they picked the wrong Cascarino? That is absolutely savage. Uh, (laughs) No, but I can't imagine it's particularly easy watching your twin sister have like 51 caps or something for France. And I think (laughs) Estelle has about five. So uh, it's a good move for Man United. I think, um, I don't know if we're going to touch on Jade Riviere as well, Mm -hmm. Canadian, both young players. Um, I think they're really exciting for the future. You know, I, I... Mark spoke about them building for longer term. Um, They're not going to be absolutely key to whether they win the league or not. They already have the team to do that. Um, But I think it's really, really good investment in the future of the club. They could play a big part in the future of the club. And I, yeah, I think they're really exciting prospects. But like you said, again, we've got uh, another Jade uh, Riviere. I mean, one 36 caps, one gold with the team, the Canadian team of the 2020 Olympics with teammate, uh, now teammate, Adriana Leon. Um, so she comes in at, at right back. Um, I mean, Ana Bage, current first choice right back, but her contract is due to expire in summer and no new, new deal reached yet. Do you think this could be a sort of replacement? 
I don't know if I'd necessarily call her a replacement. I mean, yes, look, she's a very young, exciting talent. She's gone through the kind of collegiate system um, and, and played in Michigan Wolverines. Um, but in terms of like senior career, obviously she's played quite a few caps for Canada, but not loads of caps for um, senior teams. So I think she'll be getting a huge amount of experience mm-hmm. um, at Man United. Whether she's a direct replacement for, for Ona Baje, I'm not sure. Um, the quality that she brings is is kind of unmatched at the moment for them. So I think their priority should definitely be hanging on to her. Stay, please stay. Please stay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Skinner said he's been monitoring uh, Riviera for a long time and she matches the long-term vision of the club. So maybe one to develop into that right-back position as and when, just as a backup plan, maybe. Um, but I mean, Manchester United have a queue of young talent in place. Carrie Jones, Grace Clinton went out loans this season and now Riviera joins. Um, seems to be a lot of movement, a lot of kind of developing fresh talent. Um, do you think this is mainly due to, you know, Polly Bancroft maybe stepping in as that head of women's football role? Um, yeah, like, because I can't imagine, clearly they're thinking big picture um, which is what you want from a club mm-hmm. longevity but when you're challenging for the top like they are and remember they're still relatively new to the league you have to be able to balance bringing in your big important talent to have an immediate impact and you also have to think about the future mm-hmm. you know and they're not necessarily easy things to do um, balancing the budget you know so at the moment I think that's what Man United are doing they've got some brilliant talent on the pitch um, they're thinking about depth and they're thinking long term. I think if you're going to be at the level they are, at the top of the league, wanting to play in multiple competitions, uh, you need that depth. So, yeah, I think that's potentially what Polly Bancroft has helped to bring. OK, well, speaking of immediate impact, uh, I mean, Spurs signed uh, Mana Iwabuchi last week on loan until the end of the season. Uh, obviously, this comes off the back of, you know, Bethany England having a small move over. Um, is this a game changer for them, do you reckon? Do you reckon this brings something a bit spicier to the Spurs squad? Yeah, I think so. I Like, we talked about this Beth England move being a game changer as well. I don't, you know, it's I don't see Spurs suddenly rocketing up the table. Um, but again, it's just adding more depth and quality and it's showing the ambition that Spurs have mm-hmm. Mana Iwabuchi is an absolute world class player deserve to be playing football but she wasn't really getting time at Arsenal um, really really astute signing from Spurs um, she will offer some real quality in midfield she's an absolute diamond of a player um, and it, I feel like she just gives them another layer she's a different kind of player very good at playing in small spaces and you know just offers a different type of football, not your typical route one. You know, you can go through the middle with a player like her. Um, and yeah, I think it's a game changer in maybe how they play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just gives them more options. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Spurs when they have all of their strength back. I think they could be a really, really interesting team to watch. And, and that's probably going to be from, you know, next season. We saw Rhea Percival yep. signed, extended a contract and she's still coming back from an ACL injury. So there's a lot of talent in that team. It's just about them gelling. Um, but yeah, the, the quality is there for sure. Man United face Everton this Sunday. It'll be interesting to see whether their two new signings make their debut or whether Skinner will stick to more tried and tested players. It'll be an interesting game given Everton's recent run of form. Quite the dramatic turnaround from them. Um, They took on West Ham, a game that did go ahead last weekend, uh, and won 3-0. I mean, it was a very interesting game. Everton incredibly dominant. Uh, The first two goals came from corners, pretty much identical corners, uh, both headed in. And the third goal from Beaver Jones, who launched an absolute rocket from outside the box. 
Uh, they're currently sitting in fifth place, just behind Man City with 18 points. They've won the last three games and they're two points clear of Aston Villa, who sit with uh, 16. Um, obviously, Aston Villa have had quite a bright 2023 start. Uh, Everton lost a bit of form last season, seemed to be finding their spot back in that kind of fifth, sixth section. Um, do we think they're going to consistently see that out? or I think we probably, because of what happened at Everton last season, we didn't expect much from them this season mm. when actually looking at the players they have, we should be. We should yeah. be expecting this from them. Um, and, and hats off to Brian Sorensen, who's managed to come in right at the beginning of the season and kind of pull together that squad. That was a, a real struggle last season, but he seems to have managed to gel them together. They've got some really good talent in there. And you could see the first game of the season you could already see the difference from last season. You could kind of see they were trying to to form this identity and it took them a little while to really bleed that into the team. New manager, new players, you know, it's going to take a while. Um, but yeah, I think they've got a really good mix of youth. You've got Jess Park, you've got Aggie Beaver-Jones, Hannah Benison, and then you've got experienced heads like Natalie Bjorn, Ricky Saveka, Izzy Christensen, you know. So yeah, like it's not a huge surprise, but I'm I'm very pleased for them. I think that kind of people not expecting mm-hmm. f- enough from them based on last season is maybe giving them that extra edge. I don't know about you, if you had that where you're playing and, and people aren't expecting much, you maybe with Spurs when, when you came up into the league, did that give you like an extra drive or an extra edge? I think um, because we were playing teams for the first time, I think a lot of them didn't really know what to expect. We had quite a few new sign-ins, but I think um, it's that kind of underdog mentality no one's expecting much from you you're just about just you know you don't want to be relegated but you're not going to be winning the WSL it's that kind of mid-table battle and it's quite hard actually to stay focused when you are just fighting it out for those kind of anything from fifth to tenth spots um but I think you're, you're completely right I mean in terms of Everton's form you know prior to last season which is obviously a massive drop-up they have always been very consistent in terms of reaching that fifth and sixth spot and it seems to be Actually, they've found that form again. Whether they'll be pushing up into things, you know, getting into the four spot Champions League, that kind of thing. But I don't see that happening, you know, not with the strength of the, of the four squads that we've got at the moment up up the top there. So I do think, though, teams like Everton, uh, Aston Villa and potentially Spurs, if they can get their act together with the players they have, they could be the ones that start challenging what we now call the top four. In the past, it was mm-hmm. the top two. We had the top three. Now we've got a top four. And I think they're the teams that are going to going to try and, and things. Well, they're going to try and difficult. disrupt, right? Yeah. They're going to be, and I know fourth place, you're not getting anything in fourth place, but I think every move up the table is, is, is good when you've had so many te- like so few teams dominate for so long. And it may not seem like a big driver to finish fourth, but actually you're like, right, well, next season, maybe we can challenge, you know? So I think going forward, maybe not this season, but they will be the teams that are saying, actually, let's get that that fourth spot mm-hmm. you know um, let's disrupt that top four um, if they keep going the way they're going then you know who knows well I mean Aston Villa very hot on their heels uh, they've obviously come out of the starting blocks this year a lot stronger a lot quicker a lot more dominant uh, I mean face Man City this weekend it was a draw and to be honest I think Man City were very lucky to get that point uh, Staniforth and Nobbs were keeping their shirt Great little link-up play. They're finding these beautiful little triangles on the left and right-hand sides of the pitch so that they sort of, they're getting themselves out of tight spaces. Um, it was a slightly fluky goal uh, from the old daily cross, which kind of deflected and then fell to Hansen, who then I think it took another deflection off of... Um, who was it? Uh, um, Alana 
Kennedy. Alana Kennedy and sort of looped over the goalkeeper and into the back of the net and no one really understood the dynamics and the science of how that had actually happened but, but it, it was deserved. It came from a cross from Daly who had so much time mm-hmm. to pick out that cross. Yeah. You know, so it's starting from there. We talk about wasn't great defending but it's starting in the midfield why has she got so much time to do that and it's funny you talk about calmness that's literally what I've written down here there's a real calmness about this squad this season Um, they don't panic which maybe we've seen in the past they don't fear any team which I think is really important as well and I think that win against City right at the beginning it helped them realise that they can beat anybody on their day Um, and there's a great like belief and trust from the squad in what they're doing um, and I think like Everton, they've got, they've done some great business in terms of the transfer window. I think Carla Ward has absolutely smashed that, but they're blending both youth and experience. Um, you know, you've got Anna Patton, Maz Pacheco, young defenders who are standing out for them. I thought Anna Patton and Dan Turner dealt with Bunny Shaw really, really well. They, they kept did. so close to her. They gave her so little space, put in some great blocks. Um, and I think obviously Nobbs has brought huge experience. Daly and Daly, Daly particularly had an excellent game again. Um, and I think her partnership with Daly is amazing. Like you're seeing a squad gel together really quite quickly, um, given how many new players are, are coming coming in. Um, I'm still convinced that you need to have a rhyming partnership in order for that <laughs> partnership to be effective. Effective, mm. Or like you need to be able to merge your names together. You've got your Miedema, you've nice. Kirby, and yep. then you've got Dilly Dally, Daily Dally, whichever way you want to say it. There's definitely something in There's that. There's something. If you we can need sing more research. it, if you can sing it, Tooney and Leslie Rousseau, you know, <laughs> it will work. But I think maybe there's a, a hidden secret meaning in um, the dangerous duos we're seeing. Well, we've definitely seen Aston Villa becoming more and more consistent, winning games they're supposed to. I mean, before Christmas, uh, they beat Reading, Liverpool, Durham and Sheffield in the Conti Cup and dropping points only to the likes of uh, Arsenal, Man United and Chelsea and now picking up a point against Man City. Carla Ward seems to be a big factor in their successes. She signed a new contract uh, midweek, keeping her until the end of the 23-24 season. How important do you think that was for, for the squad, having that um, that knowledge that they'll be safe with uh, with Wardy for, for another couple of years? Massive. I mean, I think she's got a great relationship with the players there. They trust in the process. Um, she brings in players that she knows she can work with and that will fit the squad really well. Um, it's kind of almost you know, the way Emma Hayes does it where it's it's so much more than just how they play football. It's their personality. It's the way they train and those factors come into it when you're bringing players into squads and you can see that the players that they've brought in both on the pitch and off the pitch seem to fit really well. Um, I think it's just another example of a club giving a manager trust and time. I think at the beginning when she first came in, it was so hard. The focus was staying up, right? And they, they were times like close to a relegation battle but with a with a bit of faith and a bit of like long term thinking, she's showing what you can do at a club, and mm. and they're really challenging now and playing some really really exciting football. I don't know about you, like having that one manager for a number of seasons, it, it must really settle a team massively. I mean, when I was with Spurs, I mean we had a long reign of Karen Hills, uh, Juan for you know five five years while I was there. And I think it makes a big difference because they have a certain style of play. They have a certain strategy they want to implement, a certain way, uh, the players that they choose, a selection. And I think um, it makes a big difference because you just feel there's consistency there and that at some point you're not going to have someone fresh come in who wants different players brought in in different positions, has a different style of play. So for me, I think it is about allowing managers to have that time to go through the crap, to work it all out and then to give themselves time to, to really bed in the principles and values. I mean, that's something that obviously Everton has struggled with, bringing in managers, and I think that has has upset things. And we, we you, 
you can see they finished 10th last season. I, don't, I think a big part of that was probably the changing hands all 100%. the time. So yeah, consistency for me is key. Well, we don't, I think that's probably about it considering half the games were called off this week. Uh, we'll obviously have more to talk about coming up uh, next Sunday. Uh, we've got the Conti Cup quarters tomorrow. Uh, Bristol City uh, take on Man City, Liverpool and West Ham, Spurs and Chelsea. Thursday, Arsenal take on Aston Villa. I mean, Rach, I feel like you've got your hands full this week. Where are you going to be? I do. I mean, I was meant to have my hands full last weekend but and do four games and I ended up only doing two thanks to the weather. Um, I will be going to Spurs, Chelsea and Arsenal, Aston Villa for the Conti Cup games. Um, weather depending, which is also why I'm staying close to home because I don't want to travel really, really far and have a game cancelled. Um, and then I'm hoping to do FA Cup on the weekend, trying to do two in a day, West Brom against Brighton and then Villa versus Fylde. Well, talking of travelling long, long distances to, to games far away that could be called off, where uh, I'll be up in Durham <laughs> oh, no. this weekend for the FA Cup. Uh, as long as the pitch is not frozen, as we have already experienced last season. Uh, so fingers crossed, please pray for me, Upfront fans. That would be great. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on Upfront. Remember, we'll be back on Thursday with Maggie Murphy. Here's a little taster. In the future, we're going to see sort of more revenues being generated by, you know, transfers, player transfers. Uh, I've already seen some very record moves in the last six months. You know, Walsh has moved to, to Barca, £350,000. Uh, and most recently, allegedly, uh, Beth England to Spurs for 250 k I mean, we're a little bit off that in the championship. I've not seen those kind of figures banded about yet, but I think that that might be coming. But is that something you expect to be happening sort of more and more throughout the WSL and the championship? Is that part of your, you know, revenue stream or sort of thoughts about that sort of in terms of a five, 10 year plan maybe? Yeah, so I think, um, I think that this is a really interesting part of, um, this is, this is, crucial to how we understand the future of women's football in this country um and i think that this is one of the areas where we'll make or break the game in this country and the reason for that is that ultimately the women's super league should want to sell their players including to the championship and the championship should have the resources and the money to be able to buy championship player uh, super league players whether they're towards the end of their career or whether they're, uh, you know, young players that are maybe not going to make it into that team. The Super League teams don't want to give those players away for free, and that which is kind of what's happening at the moment. They want the championship to buy them. Now, the problem is that championship clubs can't afford to buy those players. We're just not at this, at that, at that financial level. The challenge with this is that the Super League clubs are worried that the championship is hold, are holding them back in terms of progress. You know, so we have a... A distribution deal where the championship gets some money out of all the super league deals and vice versa now i think that if that that the distribution isn't evened up we'll, we won't grow together the super league will continue to expand and grow and, and uh, rely on the men's side of the club for their revenue and we'll have created a gap between the two leagues and then we'll never be able to buy those players Catch the full episode on Thursday. If you have any questions for the show, tweet us at Football Ramble. I am at Morgie underscore 89 and Rach is at Girls on the Ball. We will see you on Thursday. Upfront is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.